At the end of the day, outbreaks are going to happen. But if they have a plan in place to manage and prevent, I think that's acceptable. But if it's not something that is concrete or data-backed or they can show you what they're doing or any analytics or anything like that, then I'd question, you know, what's really happening. Welcome to Now or Never, long-term care strategy with Costa Yepafonsif, a podcast for all those seeking answers and solutions in the long-term care space. This podcast is designed to create resources, start conversations, and bring awareness to the industry that will inevitably impact all Americans. Here's your host, Costa Yepafonsif. Hey, y'all, this is Costa, and today I'm here with my guest, Dan Lindsay, founder and CEO of Surety Technologies Incorporated a site safety-aligned cleaning program bringing data-driven safety analysis to long-term care facilities. So Dan, to set the scene for this episode, I want to talk about some of the common misconceptions or misunderstandings about outbreak risks in nursing homes. What should we know? So I think the first thing that people should know is let's put COVID aside. Right. Everyone understands that outbreaks happen and it was a big deal when COVID was around and, um, you know, everyone was on edge and it was top of line. It was, it was headline news, but outbreaks always happened well before COVID, well before we were just the pandemic and everything we went through. Let's just talk about the cold and flu. You know, the cold and flu has been around forever. And if we just look at that alone, you know, there's statistics out there that says the cold and flu has an economic healthcare burden of $51 billion, you know, and that's not all due to outbreaks, of course, but I mean, it's a big contributing factor. Furthermore, let's just look at it from like a workplace standpoint, 21 million uh, missed workdays due to cold and flu. So... The point is, is that outbreaks are have always been around. They're always going to be around, whether it's COVID, it's the cold, it's the flu, it's the new pandemic or the next virus that we don't even know is coming when it comes, because we all know it will happen. And I think that that is probably the mis, biggest misunderstanding or misconception. Everyone is so kind of COVID focused. But hey, it's been a problem for a very long time and long-term care homes have a responsibility and frankly, a duty of care to provide the safest environment and do everything they possibly can to ensure they minimize that likelihood of outbreaks. They do happen. And, and as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, okay, during COVID, right, literally like the, if you did get sick, you were probably only catching the virus. Because everything else was sanitized to a T. Like daycares, get out of town. Yeah. I mean, kids never got sick at schools because they were constantly being cleaned and they were constantly being scrubbed for those infectious diseases. In nursing homes, though, is it because the patients were so vulnerable that's why they caught so many of these other infectious diseases like cold and flu? But more importantly, how does your company mitigate those risks? I think the vulnerable population is definitely, you know, in a, in a different environment or a different 
a different risk level. There's no question, right? I mean, uh, even when COVID was around, the compromised, the vulnerable, et cetera, right? And when you think of vulnerable, we can think of it in three categories. We can think of it as the elderly, you know, people in these long-term care homes, seniors. We can think of it as the sick, which is the people in the hospitals or um, healthcare facilities. And you said it, childcare, the youth, right? So when we think about vulnerable population, those are kind of the three categories or buckets that you can kind of look at. With our technology, there's a way now to understand the vulnerability at your site, whether it's a long-term care home, whether it's a childcare or daycare facility, whether it's a hospital, we provide the data and the ability for these sites to understand these are my most vulnerable areas to outbreaks in our facility. And with that data, they can now manage and mitigate the risk accordingly by increasing cleaning frequency, increasing uh, choosing different disinfection procedures, how many times they hit those areas, etc. right? What we're doing is giving that visibility that really isn't there today. Tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to develop Touchpoint by Surety. Coming from the cleaning business, been there about 18 years or so, worked my way up from the bottom. I was a guy that came in and I managed a million square foot office tower. I was cleaning toilets. I was stripping and waxing floors. I was doing it all. I've been there. Carpet cleaning. I've done it all, right? And I worked my way up. And uh, most recently, the last seven or eight years, worked as a top executive, last role being a president for a very, very large uh, commercial cleaning company um, based here in Canada. And I was responsible for basically all of Western Canada, which is basically half of our country. So was there while we were going through COVID and the intensity and the demand and how cleaning became this level of importance where Cleaning was always kind of those ghosts or those people that come at night. It happens. It's, I don't want to say people took it for granted, but they just didn't know it happened and it got done every day. But now it was like, how are we protecting? How are we making sure the envir- uh, environments and the buildings and facilities are safe? What are we doing from a disinfecting standpoint? What are we doing when there's outbreaks, et cetera? So while we were there, or while I was there and going through COVID, we were deploying all these people to do touch point cleaning. And the number one question we had was, how do we know it's actually being done? That's what led me to Touchpoint by Surety, was being able to provide a simple, easy to use system that can be integrated, managed by the site, by the site teams, and provide visibility so they can see exactly what's happening, the areas most at risk, the areas most vulnerable, be able to have data to make simple changes each week that they can do in order to mitigate and ultimately reduce the likelihood of any outbreaks in the facility. Explain or give us an example of a specific situation that has occurred in a long-term care facility with your technology that has led to a decrease in infectious disease. Walk us through that process. Yeah, and I wish I had a stat to show, share with you right now, but with being new and being a startup, that's exactly what we're trying to accomplish, especially with our pilot partners that are on board, 
And until we have that, let's call it the year over year comparison, things start really stabilizing from, you know, the pandemic and stuff like that. We can say last year there was this many outbreaks, but now you put the system in place and this year you've got this many outbreaks and we can put a weight against it to be able to say, you know what, we're now able to reduce an outbreak by or your percentage by 15% or whatever that number is, right? And that is our objective, of course. What areas do you typically target in a long-term care facility? Just based off your ex- your experience um, for this year, um, is it like, you know, the, the nurses stations? Like Absolutely. where do you typically see a lot of the transmissible and infectious diseases um, transmitting? Yeah, I think it's resident rooms. It's common areas in the homes where uh, residents get together for social activities, whatever it might be, any kind of food prep type areas. Um, Those areas are all kind of more critical. And then you've got your common traffic areas that maybe aren't so critical, but yet very important. So let's look at this. Let's look at it this way. So hand washing, hand washing in healthcare, um, long-term care facilities is um, a standard and there is a compliance, there is a procedure. These organizations are audited on it. Internally, they have um, metrics that they need to meet. So hand washing is a huge, huge uh, important part of the healthcare or long-term care industry and sector. What about touch point cleaning? What about the fact of that individual that came in and has contaminated hands? And there's studies out there that say one contaminated hand can spread up to seven surfaces. And there's other studies out there that say that one out of three people, up to 33% of a risk of an infection rate can be from any type of surface. So in order to do that, you got to understand what areas are most critical and obviously have the right type of data and analytics and being able to understand what's happening there. So when you look at the areas, like you said, the nursing stations, et cetera, those tend to have a high, um, higher risk rate, therefore more frequency on the auditing, where the other areas in a facility may not have such a high frequency. And, and I really like that you are taking data into consideration because... Nursing homes typically make decisions based off cost. Most healthcare set most most of the healthcare sector does their decision making based off cost because margins are tight. And the fact that you're saying, "Hey, we're not coming in and we're not just like spraying out of like a leaf blower, you know, disinfectant all over the entire you know establishment," we are literally focusing. We are obviously cleaning the whole building, but we're focusing primarily on the areas that are the, that are spreading the infectious diseases. That's where we're really looking intently, and we're cleaning maybe more often in those areas to prevent the spread of that disease. I love that. But let's make it let's let's bring it back to the person that's looking at putting a loved one or researching um, care for a loved one. What advice do you have for families who are researching long-term care options that are fearful of future outbreaks? And what should they look for what should they look out for? So I think the mindset or the mindset, I don't want to say consumer, but for somebody that is looking to put their loved one in there should change. It should have changed, especially through the pandemic. And new questions need to be asked. 
you know, what type of food, what kind of, um, what is the room going to be like, you know, what kind of social activities, what kind of support, all those are pretty standard questions when you're trying to kind of really um, interview or decide on what home to put your loved one in. But how about asking questions such as like, what do you do to minimize the likelihood of an outbreak? How do you manage your cleaning procedures? How do you, you know, how do you understand where your home is most vulnerable? If an outbreak happens, what are your procedures to do that or to manage through that? You know, asking questions around how they, how they manage their site safety and specifically their cleaning. We've all learned through COVID the importance of cleaning and how it can be a combat for the spread of infectious diseases. And if a facility, you know, is doing what they're doing and they are putting that at front of mind, they're going to market it and they're going to use that as a competitive advantage, frankly, to ensure that they um, add that comfort level for somebody looking to put a loved one in a home. And in your opinion, what are some acceptable answers to those questions? At the end of the day, outbreaks are going to happen. But if they have a plan in place to manage and prevent, I think that's acceptable. But if it's not something that is concrete or data-backed or they can show you what they're doing or any analytics or anything like that, then I'd question, you know, What's really happening? Validity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it's not like you know, and that happens a lot of times in our in the healthcare sector. Is like, you know, it's like, uh, well, we'll figure it out when it happens, or we'll take care of it. But we don't. There is nothing that's going to like back that up. You know, it's just like, oh well, you know, we, that happened one time, and we did this, this, and this, and if it happens again, we'll probably do the same thing. What, whether it works or not, we don't know. But I, I again, I go back to the fact that. You're approaching this problem from a data perspective. I think that's pretty great. What are some of the biggest challenges you face when working with long-term care facilities and how can our audience learn from these obstacles? So I think the biggest challenge is not just my challenge. What I've learned in the short time we've been working in the long-term care sector is staffing. They are having a hard time with staff, right? And it, it's not just, you know, nursing staff or professional staff, it's cleaning staff, it's admin staff. It's, it's a real problem for the industry, which is what I'm learning, which is ultimately, I don't want to say creating a barrier, but it's, um, yeah, it's, let's say it's creating a bit of a barrier for adoption of our system because they need the people to do it. They need the people to be able to generate the data. They need the people to be able to do the checks. They need the people to be able to do the audits, right? And understand what's happening, right? So that is just, I think, a common industry problem that we're feeling, which I wish I fig could figure out a way to just give them people. But I mean, that's why they're feeling it is, it's just, you just can't solve that problem, right? I think it's just the general influx of labor shortages that every industry, especially this long-term care sector is feeling. So that creates a bit of a barrier for us when we try and deploy the system, work with pilot partners, et cetera. But when that's the case, I try and work closely with them, identify a key champion, provide frequency matrix schedules, and develop a bit of a system that they can easily integrate where maybe they won't aren't doing it as much as they want to be, but at least they're doing something in order to generate some data 
so that they can understand those areas of vulnerability and ultimately mitigate that risk, increasing the site safety. Furthermore, if they have something in place, it's better than nothing, especially when it comes to the perspective of someone looking to put a loved one in a home. And I would say that COVID was probably more contagious, uh, especially the most recent variant, than than what you would typically get from the from the cold or the flu, or even uh, you know something like C diff, for example, which is considered to be highly con- contagious but can be contained. Do you believe that from the perspective of staffing, if more long-term care facilities were to pick up and implement such a robust cleaning plan that's data-driven, that they may actually prevent outbreaks from occurring unless it's obviously something crazy like COVID, um, and that more people would be willing to work in those environments and staffing may improve? Without a doubt. And not only a home that has this type of program or a program similar to ours in place, it, they're not only protecting residents, they're protecting their staff as well, right? And that's key. And, you know, we can't disregard that. I mean, the staff are in the mix of the vulnerable. They're there working at it every day, right? So um, 100% that a system like this also protects the staff as much as it does protect the residents. If I was a family member that was wanting to put a loved one um, in a nursing home or researching options for loved ones, or if I was an administrator at a long-term care facility, what would be my first three steps in infectious disease control mitigation? I can speak to that from a cleaning standpoint. Um, That's kind of where my background lies. And I think the first thing... the Common misperception, I think, or the first step is you don't just disinfect and surface. You have to clean the surface first, right? If a surface or something isn't cleaned properly, then you can put all the disinfectant you want on it. It's going to interfere with the efficacy of that disinfectant, right? You know, the second thing is that um, you need to be disinfecting, right? And the third thing is you better have data and analytics behind what you're doing, not just assume it's happening, right? And that's the key, you know, and I think that that's what our um, touchpoint by surety system does today is it puts that data and analytics around what you're actually doing. From a market perspective, if I'm sitting there and I'm talking to someone interested to come into my home or put their loved one, (coughs) excuse me, in my home, and I can sit there and bring it up on an app and say, okay, this is how we're validating. This is what we're doing from a touchpoint cleaning standpoint. This is how we're trying to keep people safe. And I can say our, our site is now performing today at an 85% success rate. Amazing. So we always like to end the show with a call to action. What's your best advice for finding a care facility actively working to avoid the risk of future outbreaks? Again, I think it's asking the right questions. I think from um, a consumer standpoint, they probably have a checklist of things that really matter to them. But moving that um, cleaning practices, what they're doing from a site safety standpoint, what type of safety procedures, how do they protect their staff, how do they protect their residents, should maybe come up a little higher on that list than maybe, you know, whatever it might be. But it should be treated as a much more priority and you should be asking those questions when you're looking to do that. And I think that that's probably the number one piece of advice 
If we haven't learned anything or if we learned something from COVID, we know that cleaning impacts and reduces the likelihood of outbreaks. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Now or Never, Long-Term Care Strategy with Costa Yepafonsif. If you enjoyed listening and you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Leave us a review, or better yet, share this episode with a friend. Now or Never Long-Term Care Strategy with Costa Yepafonsif is a Costa Yepafonsif production. Today's episode was written and produced by Morgan Franklin, production assistance by Mike Franklin. Want to find out more about Costa? Visit us at costayepafonsif.com.